1: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Tuesday. We're getting closer to the Premier League returning, but there is a big night of international football tonight. Lots of Arsenal players involved. So we'll discuss that a little bit later on in this video. We've got the Champions League uh, squad that Arsenal have now submitted to UEFA. We'll talk about that. Kieran Tierney's been saying a few things. Uh, Declan Rice as well. So we'll go over all of that. And we've got some questions and comments from you guys as well. Now, I don't know if you've, any of you noticed, but I've seen in the comments quite a few of you saying that the intro volume is too loud compared to when I start talking and you're asking me to lower it. So I have asked the girl who's did, very kindly designed the uh, intro for me to lower the volume, and I played it at the start of this episode. So let me know if that was better, if that didn't quite blow your ears off, like a lot of you have been saying that the old <laughs> intro has So hopefully this one is a little bit better. Do let me know if it sounded better or not in the comments below. And if it does, then that's the one I'll use for the rest of the time. Okay, let's get started, shall we? I wanted to talk a little bit about the Arsenal Champions League 25-man squad that was submitted to UEFA. Arsenal announcing that yesterday. No great surprises in there. I think there's a few maybe sort of eye-opening selections. Lino Souza makes the 25-man list. Arsenal's young left back, who is very highly rated at the club, signed from West Brom a couple of years ago, has been progressing through with the under-18s and the uh, and playing under 21s football as well. Talented young player, left back, like I said. Um, obviously with urine Timber out. He's not in the squad. If needs be, he can be added in January. Whether that happens, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um depends on how his injury recovery is going. I, I doubt it, but they they might they might just take a chance in January just in case he does get fit for say April or something and Arsenal's still in the in the latter stages of the competition. So Sosa's an interesting one um, but I can see why that one's happened with um, uh, with Timber's injury. Cedric Suarez makes it which suggests that Cedric is not going to go down the same route as Nicolas Pepe and not have his contract terminated. Um, which you know, wouldn't have surprised me had it have happened. But the fact that he's made this squad suggests that Mikel thinks he's probably worth keeping around now um for the remainder of the season or certainly for the first half of the season, which I think is probably a right move. I spoke about this in a video a couple of a few days ago, sort of looking at it and with the injuries, with Tierney going, with Holding going, with obviously Timber's injury. You kind of looked at the Cedric one and thought it's probably worth keeping him around Um just to make up the numbers almost. And that sounds a bit bad. He was obviously a professional footballer, but um, you know, if if you let him go, I don't, it's probably, it's just not worth it. I just, I just felt like he was one that was worth, worth keeping around because of the numbers, because of the injuries. So I'm not overly surprised at that. Uh, James Hilson makes it obviously as a goal, as the third goalkeeper, um, Afroconco is headed out on loan to, um, uh, where's he gone? Wrexham, hasn't he? So, Hilson gets a nod as the third-choice goalkeeper everywhere else there. I mean, there's no great surprises, is there? Defenders, Cedric, Lino Sosa, Tomiasu, Zinchenko, White, Gabriel, Kivior, Saliba, midfielders, Elneny, Jorginho, Party, Declan Rice, Odegaard, Havertz, Vieira, and Smith-Rowe, and then the forwards, Trossard, Saka, Martinelli, Nelson, and Ketia and Gabriel Jesus. Strong squad. Could have done my having in Timber in there. Certainly, it would have looked a hell of a lot stronger having Timber's name down there. But hopefully, that is the 25-man squad that goes on to win Arsenal the Champions League this season. Wouldn't that be nice? But let me know what you guys think, of course, in the comments below of those squad and of Lino Souza's inclusion of Cedric's inclusion can you see the reasons for that Arsenal could there is of course a B squad that can be submitted to UEFA it doesn't have to be submitted to like the night before the game and that can include under 21s players as well which can you know f- fill out the numbers Um, you know the likes of I don't know Kozio Dubry, who we saw in the squad a lot of times last season towards the end of the season um, players like that so they can all be included um later on in the uh thing. So it's not necessarily just this twenty-five who can play in the Champions League for Arsenal. There can be others as well. Um and that will be in the under 21's B squad, which will go um 24 hours before the game itself. Okay, Declan Rice has been speaking. I thought this was really interesting comments if you haven't seen it yet I'll leave a description I'll leave a comment in um sorry the link in the description below. He's done a interview with Channel 4 football head of England's game against Scotland tonight. Uh, of course, Channel Four, the host broadcaster, is showing that. And so he sat down. It's on their YouTube channel. I'll, I'll, I'll link it below. It's well worth for watching. He's talking about Arsenal and Arteta and how he's arrived and all that sort of things. And um, it was really interesting. He was asked, but I think it was Joe Cole who was, was uh, doing the interview with him. And Joe was like, "Why Arsenal? You could have gone City, Chelsea. You could have gone all these clubs. Why did you choose Arsenal?" And he just said straight away, he "Just said the manager." And um, said, so "I think just from the moment that I met him, I knew he was the one." I wanted to take the next part of my career, just the way he spoke, his aura, the way he sees the game, the way he wants to play football. And I think we've seen Arsenal, the way they've played in the last two years, the way they've played as a team, I really see myself fitting in. So far, that decision has paid off. I feel really at home. I've always had that gut feeling that Arsenal would be the club from the moment I walked in up until now. Um, And I think it goes to show the, the sway that Arteta has. The way he talks to people, how people believe in him when he talks to them. And I thought it was really, really interesting comments from Declan Rice there um, about, uh, yeah, about the sort of aura of Mikel Arteta. And he just does have that knack of when you talk to him, um, he gets people to believe in him. I remember Martin Odegaard talking about it as well saying recently, saying it's almost impossible to come away from sitting down with Mikel Arteta and not believe everything he's told you. Because he just has that way of talking and he just manages to convince you. Um, and yeah Declan Rice's interview there I thought was very very telling he also spoke very glowingly about Jorginho and how good he is and I thought these were really good comments as well so please do watch the video about Jorginho he talks about how brilliant he is in training how hard he works how he always finds the right position and Declan Rice says he always just watches Jorginho in training just trying to learn from him and um, you know, it's just another example of what a good sign in Jorginho has been. I saw someone, I saw someone today, I, I can't remember who it was, I just saw the tweet doing the rounds on, on social media, someone, an Arsenal fan saying 10 million Jorginho over 70 million Casemiro and obviously, you know, there was lots of bites on it from Manchester United players but the more I was thinking about it, the more I think, look, Casemiro is obviously a fantastic player, he's brilliant at times for United last season so it's very hard to compare but Jorginho, just for £10 million, he has been an absolute steal. He's been such a good sign-in for Arsenal. He's done brilliant work on the pitch when he's played. Hasn't let Arsenal down at all. He's been fantastic at times. And I really think he's got a big part to play this season, especially in Champions League football when that all uh, gets going very, very soon. But what he does off the pitch, what he does in training, the way he is, the way players look up to him, the leadership qualities he has. You see him on the touchline when he's a substitute. You know, a lot of players when they're a substitute will just be sulking around around sort of going through their warm-ups just wishing they were on the pitch and you just see Jorginho, he almost manages the game from the touchline when he's there doing a the warm-ups you see the way he's coaching players uh, coaching his teammates on there and and sort of Ging him up and when, they, when someone saw his goal as he was when I think it was Declan Rice or Gabriel Jesus's goal against Manchester United he's always one of the first players on the pitch to celebrate you know he's such a team player I think he's been such an underrated signing for Arsenal. Uh, since he's come in for only £10 million. He's been an absolute steal, and I'm delighted that the club kept him around this season. There's obviously those rumours doing the rounds about he could potentially go. Um, and yeah, I'm absolutely delighted that those rumours, as I said at the time, there was nothing in them. There was nothing substance. He wanted to stay. Arsenal wanted him to stay. And I really do think he's got a big, big part to play. Uh, so yeah, do get below. I'll drop that link into the description of Declan Rice's uh, chat with Channel 4. If you haven't seen it yet, then I do suggest you watch it. It's very, very good. Talking about Declan Rice, he could well be in action tonight. Lots of players, Arsenal players, potentially in action tonight, actually, um, in the sort of final round of fixtures of the international break. Fingers crossed, I think we all sit here right now with our fingers crossed that they all come through unscathed. You look at the England-Scotland game, you've obviously got Declan Rice, Eddie not even wasn't even in the squad for the game against... Um, uh, who is it, Ukraine, which, just, what's the point? You call him up and then you just leave him out. You give him his f- sort of first call-up. He has that excitement of being with England for the first time, and then you leave him out of the matchday squad. Well done, Gareth, that makes a lot of sense. But anyway, hopefully he'll be in the squad tonight against Scotland. Could well get on for his debut if he does. That would be fantastic. I imagine Declan Rice will start. You kind of, it's a friendly, it's against Scotland. It's going to be brutal, England versus Scotland. You, although you call it a friendly, it is absolutely not going to be one of those. It's going to be really passionate it's going to be high intensity it's going to be tackles flying in basically it's everything you don't want Bukaya Saka to be involved in so please Gareth Selfgate do not play Bukaya Saka tonight I know those pleas are going to fall on deaf ears and of course he's going to play him um but yeah just hope get Bukaya Saka comes through unscathed he could well be up against Kieran Tierney actually which would be quite an interesting matchup and Tierney's been speaking and I'll look at some of his comments in a minute that he's been talking ahead of that game against Arsenal um Aaron Ramsdale potentially could well start there's been there's a few whispers that Ramsdale could start in goal for Arsenal then you've got the Brazil game later on against Peru Gabriel Jesus Gabriel and uh, Martinelli as well three Arsenal players Martin Odegaard in action tonight for Norway as well I think Tommy Asu could well be Kai Havertz could well be as well so lots of Arsenal interest in the internationals tonight Tonight and hopefully they can all come through unscathed and get back to London Colney at the end of the week in fine condition ahead of that game at Everton Right, Kieran Tierney, as I said, has been talking, he's been talking about his decision to leave Arsenal and was it easy and everything like that. He's been talking about facing up against some of his former teammates tonight for Scotland. Is something? He's, here's what he said when he was asked about whether it was an easy decision to leave Arsenal and go to Sociedad. He said 100%, listen, I will always be a homeboy. I'll always love Scotland and after my career is done, I will always live in Scotland, but you only get one shot at this. I had this opportunity to go to La Liga and it was one I really didn't want to turn down. I took the chance and so far I'm enjoying it. I'm in a really good place now. I'm ju- enjoying it over here in Spain. I was buzzing to get the move done, buzzing to come away with Scotland as always. And we have another game against England before I return to the Basque region again. I'm really enjoying it. He was then asked about, you know, facing up to the Arsenal players. He said, there are a few Arsenal boys in the England team and it'll be good to see them again. We know how good they are. They have started the season well and they are world-class players. England are a tremendous team. Going to every competition is one of the favourites, but we will go against them. Confident, we'll go with Belief as we do every single game game these days I mean Scotland are absolutely flying they've got a 100% record in qualifying for the Euros so they are going to be up for it tonight against England as they always are when England versus Scotland uh, games that happen and like I said it's going to be a high intensity match and there's going to be some serious challenges put in in this game and you're just going to be I think as an Arsenal fan it's just going to be one of those games when you're sitting like that every time the ball comes close to Saka every time a tackle goes in towards Saka or Declan Rice It's just going to be, oh, please, boys, get up. (laughs) Please get up. Don't do anything bad. Uh, So fingers crossed that all goes well. Okay, let's move on to some of your questions and comments before we uh, finish this, shall we? And also, it's Tuesday today, so Inside Arsenal Extra Time returns today. Myself and James will be linking up very soon to record that show. If you do have any questions or comments, do get them in. You're not going to have much time to do it because we're recording very, very early. I should have done this yesterday. So apologies. I did put the question out on Twitter as well. So I've had lots of questions come in from there. Uh, but if you do want to try and get involved in this, then as soon as you watch this and, and you have a question, then do, uh, then put it down. And I'll try and have a look before we start recording. But we might well run out of time. So apologies for that. But do keep your eye out for that show tonight. It'll be out later tonight, probably about 5.30, 530 or so. That episode will be released. So keep your eyes peeled. For that, here's some questions from you as in response to my discussion yesterday about whether Eddie Nketiah should keep his place against Everton or of whether Gabriel Jesus should return. It's kind of 50-50. There's been lots of comments about it. A couple of them here. One from KG says Jesus must win his spot back as any other player. The only ex- exception to this would be Odegaard in case he gets an injury. Um, So he thinks Eddie Nketiah should probably keep his place against Everton. Jesus has to win his place back. Um and then Ike Man says if Jesus is 100%, we start him at Goodison. No messing about. Eddie can start the Champions League game against Lons in midweek. It's not Lons, it's uh, PSV uh, in midweek, the Champions League game. So very um, sort of split opinions there. And there's been lots and lots of that. Some people saying keep Eddie, and other people saying Jesus has to return if fit. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards Eddie keeping his place. I think if Jesus hadn't been away for two weeks in Brazil and hadn't had all this traveling, um, I imagine he's not going to get back till sort of Thursday night, Friday morning from Brazil. It, that's the only reason I think that I'd probably stick with Eddie at this stage and the fact he's done nothing wrong. Jesus obviously showed what he can do off the bench against Manchester United with a really, really good cameo, scored the goal as well. So his confidence should be high. So I'd have no issue with Jesus starting, but I think I'd probably just stick with Eddie for this one and leave Jesus as an impact substitute for the second half. He's on from C Lord says, I think we need to move away from words like dropped Charles. We have Everton on Sunday, PSV on Wednesday, then Spurs on Sunday. If Eddie doesn't play against Everton, it doesn't necessarily mean he's been dropped. Just it is unlikely we'll play the same team for three games in a week. We will need to rotate this season. I could already see people saying, why is X dropped? when We have to get used to this team changing slightly game to game. Absolutely spot on. It is very, that is a very true comment. You know, Mikel is going to have to rotate, he's going to have to get it really, really right when it comes to managing this squad now, because the first part of the season leading up to this international break, it was obviously just one game every weekend, that all changes now, that goes out the window, it is bang, straight into the Champions League, straight into the Carabao Cup, so it's going to be game on Saturday, game on Wednesday, game on Saturday, or Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Things like that is going to be hectic and Mikel is going to have to balance the squad and he's going to manage the squad very, very well. So you're going to see teams, the team changing all the time. Hasn't really had to do that for the last couple of seasons with Arsenal in the Europa League or certainly last season with Arsenal in the Europa League. The group stages, you could almost do what you want. You could change teams and Mikel did do that, Um, you know, not he didn't change all 11 players but he changed the team he did rotate quite heavily there's only sort of two or three that would sort of stay in the team I don't think he can really do that again with a Champions League he's got to manage it really well so you've got to, you know you could almost you'd have five or six players on one night, then rest them and then bring another five or six in. So they're all going to get their chance. They're all going to get their minutes. That's why when people are looking at, why isn't Emil Smith-Rowe playing? I'm hoping we're going to see a lot of Emil Smith-Rowe from this point forward, because everyone's going to have to play. Everyone's going to have to prove that they're good enough to play and take their chances when they arrive. Um, and it isn't going to be a case of players being dropped. It's just going to be a case of playing, being rested, rotated, and um, doing everything you can to keep them in the best possible position. Uh, for the games that are coming. Here's one as well from similar Langland, but looks, it says, hi Charles, do you think we'll see Smith start Premier League game for Arsenal again? Right now, it seems like Arteta would start the kit man ahead of him. Well, this is what I've just been talking about. You know, obviously that first little chunk of games, it was just one game every weekend. So Mikel kind of stuck with the same team, but now I think we're going to see a lot more rotation teams, you know, players coming in, players coming out, players are going to get minutes. And I absolutely hope Smith is, one hundred percent a part of that. I would imagine you. I think certainly for the group stage games, because of the top teams Arsenal have got as well, I mean, it does give you a little bit more leeway. You don't want to take any risks or anything like that, because although it's not the strongest Champions League group, they're all dangerous teams. We saw Arsenal go to PSV and lose convincingly last season in Europa League. So you've got to be sensible. But you know, we might all really see the likes of Smith Rowe playing more in the Champions League, perhaps get more chances in the. Champions League, certainly in the game against Brentford in the Carabao Cup. But I hope he starts getting minutes in the Premier League because I want him to be given opportunity. Because if you don't get an opportunity, how do you prove yourself? How do you say that you're worth a place in the team? So hopefully Smithrow will start getting that opportunity very, very soon. Here's one from Charlie about the women's team says, what is it? Uh, why is it we're going after Man United's players? World record offer for Russo before she signed for free, now supposedly in for Mary Earps. I know that United were years behind the likes of Arsenal, City, Chelsea in terms of development and financial backing of their women's team. Our Arsenal targeting their high-profile England is Arsenal targeting their high-profile England internationals a clear sign that our women's team and infrastructure is light years ahead of theirs? And also, we know Champions League is either going to be under pressure if we don't get a strong start in the WSL. Um, well, in terms of Arsenal going after United's players, I mean, you've obviously listed a couple of examples there. It's not like they're going after the whole team, but Arsenal just higher up in the food chain than Manchester United in the women's league is different um it's It's different than a men's isn't it? And you, everyone, every league in every whether it be men's, women's, wherever it is in europe or, or the world, there is a bit of a food chain in terms of the, the big clubs and the clubs that have put more investment into the, into their teams. and Arsenal have done that with a women's team, so uh, United have done really, really well in quite a short space of time to catch up with the top the top dogs in women's football in England. Um, you know they went very, very close to the title last season, but Arsenal still a far bigger outfit and a far bigger name and have got a far richer history in women's football than Manchester United and they've got more investment on that side of the things as well from the club so they can target these sorts of players and they can't, can lure them away from Manchester United as they've done with Russo. And you know whether they can do it with Mary Earps will have to remain to be seen but uh, and in terms of the Eideville question I think he would be under pressure of course he will because that Champions League result was an absolute hammer blow to the club for their plans for this season, you know, for the game, the European games that were going to be staged at the Emirates, you know, for the investment that Arsenal put in to bring players like Russo to the club, it was all, you know, the Champions League is absolutely central to that, and to go out before the groups, um, before you get into the, the group stages, was an absolute disaster for Arsenal. It was an awful result, and I will 100 be under pressure. I think if Arsenal don't get off to a good start in the WSL, it's only natural. Um, hopefully they do though. And you can look at the Champions League exit and think, well, hopefully that will help with the WSL campaign. Um, that'll be scant consolation, of course, because everyone wants to play in the Champions League. But um, yeah, you would hope that in terms of squad management and everything like that, this will give Arsenal a much better opportunity in a WSL. And they can get themselves under the But I think Jonas is 100% going to be under pressure to perform now because of what happened with that Champions League result. Um, there's a final one here before we move on Um, Dominic Palmer says I think if Partey were fit for Everton game then maybe Arteta would look more closely at taking Havertz out of the firing line for a game or two but without him I think he'll go for the physical presence Havertz provides against Everton and then Toby who was underneath replying to that comment I thought it was worth including says definitely this unfortunately as soon as a lineup comes out people will be questioning why Vieira is not starting as if Vieira would succeed in a scruffy physical battle against Anana, Decorien, Gay etc yeah 100% look I, I spoke about this earlier on in the week and looking ahead to the Everton game. And I don't feel like it's a match for Fabio Vieira. I remember what happened at Goodison last season. I remember how that midfield really bossed Arsenal and dominated Arsenal and shut them down really, really quickly. We know what's going to happen with a Sean Dyche team. And I just, I don't really see it as a game from the start for Fabio Vieira. And I I think like you, I think Kai Havert starts at Goodison Park. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Um, And we will talk about that as we go a little bit later, through the week and we get closer to that match at everton on sunday afternoon all right that's it from me everyone thank you very much for joining me as always please do um look out for the inside arsenal extra time which will be going live later on sort of late afternoon early evening tonight with myself and james bench until then everyone have a very good day i'll speak to you soon